0: The intro
1: beast net is brought to you by james safety services here we discuss all things fitness running rucking endurance obstacle course racing and more welcome to the Beastnet. you know sometimes you just get too much of a good thing well today pretty mike got a little sidetracked because he was having just such a great conversation with the guest he forgot to introduce the show So, today on Beastnet, we have Coach Beast Elise and Pretty Mike.
0: The blink of an eye, the world changed. It did, yeah.
1: It really did. So, so actually, I guess we probably should start the episode. I mean, we've kind of been talking already, but (laughs) I mean, I don't know. Don probably could just start the episode wherever he wants. He uh, he edits it, so we'll just gotcha. He edits and does whatever. So this can just be a soft start episode, and whatever the listeners can listen so eh. <laughs> sounds, well it's
0: not like it's so, my first time being here either no you know? <laughs> no so
1: so for everyone who doesn't know this is Elise how, least i already say i don't know i'm pretty sure that's the correct <laughs> way to pronounce it i've never had to actually pronounce your name out loud so Elise Howlett, and um yeah we're <laughs> yeah that's like you said you've been here a few times you know how this goes so yeah totally so how have you been
0: I've been good. It's funny. Um, I've been busier than I've ever been the last few weeks now going on the last few months and in a good way, but um, it's good in a way that a lot of people don't really realize, I think, because a lot of it is work that's not done necessarily like on the clock. So, but it's yeah. been good. Yeah.
1: That's good. That's good. I know I've been this whole thing had me in the beginning because I had just started, you know, like I've said before on the podcast, I'd really just started eating right and exercising again and trying to drop weight and get to the do what I've been saying I'm going to do for three years mm-hmm. and finally actually like get off my ass and do it. So, and then all of a sudden this everything shuts down. You know, I was hitting the gym three days a week and now my gym's gone, you know, because I can't go to the gym and everything else. So it was, it was tough at first, really, to come up with the motivation to keep going, but it's like right. I've said to other people, I, I went through, I mean, I have a weight set that you know I got from you, um,
0: <laughs>
1: so I have like a, a hosh-posh kind of gym that I've put together, so I've got an elliptical, I've got a treadmill, I've got multiple punching bags, um, thanks to the James Tinko and Kelly gave me the punching bag, you know. Uh, nice stand a a little while back and I mean there's I have a 70 pound Everlast punching bag that I've had since I was 14 and then they gave me another one so now I have two then I have the smaller like 40 pound bag I have the bag that you can hold so and I have bands and weight vests so it's kind of you know I I thought myself I'm like you know yeah I can't go to the gym but I can build the gym right here with all the crap that I've collected over the years so you know it's kind of like really Amber said, opportunity.
0: you <laughs> know, a lot no, of people is. are at first were like, Oh, my gym is closed. Like I'm going to lose yep. all of my, my progress. I'm going to just, a lot of people saw it as a block. And that, so I feel like there's kind of those two groups of people, the group of people who are like, eh, well, since I can't go to the gym, I'm just giving up. And there was the other group yep. that was like, Oh crap, this is something that's really important to me. I need to make this work no matter what, because your gym can be wherever you are. I mean, this whole experience has shown me hundreds of people who are, I mean, I've got people I follow on Instagram who are doing their workouts in the tiny space in their studio apartment in New York. Like your situation is what you make of it. So I'm proud to hear that you have been making the best of your situation.
1: I've been trying to, because I mean, you've known me for a while now and you know, unfortunately, and I know this about myself and I'll flat out admit it is any excuse I could, I would find a way to stop working out. Mm -hmm. you know oh my knees a little twisted i better i better stop for a while and take a break and then i never get back to it or anything like that so i've been trying really hard not to let you know like i said the the whole oh you're stuck at home i could have easily just sat down and started eating potato chips on the couch which is my favorite thing to do (laughs) and i haven't i've been you know i've been trying to hit the treadmill at least once a day i try and get 45 minutes to an hour at least on the treadmill and some other kind of workout in um I've talked on the podcast to a few people about different ideas that I've come up with from talking to people. Yeah. You know, there's some really cool ones that people have come up with card games. Uh-huh. Have, have you heard that we take a deck of cards and you say, okay, you know, diamonds are push-ups and yep. spades are this. And then whatever you flip over is that, you know, numbers, that's how many you do. And I, that was pretty cool. And then the dice one is one that I use a lot that I actually stole from Brandon. We used to yeah. do it at the, uh, when we do the street team Spartan things at uh road, one Wonder- our sports. That was one of the things we do as our booth. We, you'd roll dice and whatever you rolled on was what you had to do. And the other dice was how many you had to do of it. Yeah. So I've been doing that too. So I've stolen ideas to build and keep myself going and moving. I did, you know, I That's kind good. of mentioned a few people know this. I did something to my knee about two weeks ago, uh, helping my brother, uh, Buck Hay. Um, he tried pushing me off with the, uh, the, S, the, the conveyor and I twisted my knee and it made a nice popping noise. So it hasn't been great. Yeah. So I've been trying to find ways to continue working, but not re- do more damage to that knee injury. So yeah. um, I found pretty much on the treadmill, I can do anything above about a three on the treadmill and I start getting pain. Mm-hmm. So I just keep a steady three and do what I can to not make it hurt. Mm-hmm. So but continue to, to work. So
0: well, and so that's the sort of thing that you and I definitely need to just make a game plan about, because as you know, that's my specialty is yes. injury prevention and injury treatment. And so what a lot of people don't realize is when you have an acute injury like that, it actually takes more like three to five weeks to actually like let the inflammation go down in the joint, in the tendons and all of that. And so yeah. you'll you could be potentially working just under the capacity that your knee is capable of right now and just Mm -hmm. not really letting the inflammation heal, but also not exacerbating it enough to make it even more painful. And so that's, it's a fine line to tread. So just, you know, if you're pushing to just below pain and then you're keeping at that pace, you might not be doing more damage necessarily, but you also might not really be healing. So are you doing anything like knee stabilization or like physical therapy type uh, movements at all for it?
1: No, I should be. But I just haven't. It's one of those things. I mean, right now, you can't really go to the doctor for much. So I just haven't really, I figured if it's still bothering me after this is all over, I'd go to the doctor. But that is a good thing. I should talk to someone like you and get some info on how to do that. Because
0: you know exactly where I am.
1: (laughs) I know. I know. It's one of those things I worry about it. Because I mean, a lot of people know, like my, when I ran the first time 10 years ago, when I dropped 100 pounds, uh, what stopped me was, is I popped my knee doing a half marathon. And then two weeks later, I thought it was a brilliant idea to go do another half marathon. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: And during that half, half marathon, my knee just completely gave out. Yeah. Yeah. And it was one of those things like my doctor told me, she's like, if you probably would have stopped after the first one and said, okay, this is bad and went and got physical therapy and had it fixed. She's like, you might've been out a month or two, mm-hmm. but now you're dumbass, And now you're probably looking at six months to a year. Yeah. And then after that, That's I hard. was, you know. It is. And after that, I was, you know, by the time that year was up, they're like, okay, you can run again. I'm like, cool. Now I'm 50 pounds bigger and I don't want to. Mm -hmm.
0: And it's like, they're telling you, you can run again, but then they're not necessarily taking into account how to progress you back into that and keep you on like an actual schedule. And then it's partially them not providing you with the schedule. And then even if they had, you have to adhere to it. So Like I remember when I was going back to certain like return to sport exercises after my hip surgery, it's like, okay, yeah, you can run again. But my physical therapist had me on a 12 week running program where she was like, you do not go outside of this program. You do not run. You do not walk for miles. Like people will do that. They'll be like, well, I'm not running and I'm not squatting heavy, but I walked for an hour and a half. And so my knee bugs me. Well, freaking, yeah, of course it does because you're going outside of the parameters of treatment right now. So it's really hard to like gauge, am I getting better? Am I getting worse when you don't have somebody there to guide you along the way? And that's the other thing a lot of people don't realize is that there are coaches out there who know this stuff already. I mean, I've been trained and certified by physical therapists to tr- to not not diagnose because that's outside of my scope of practice, but to recognize certain deficiencies and recognize certain imbalances and a- certain acute injuries, and then be able to apply a specific treatment plan and go from there so you apply, treat, see how it goes and keep, you know, advising them to go to a physical therapist if needed or an orthopedist if needed and working with those kinds of providers because it bridges that gap between your injury and having to wait to go to a physical therapist. You know, there's so many people out there that injure themselves and then they just don't do anything about it and then that's just their new normal and it doesn't have to be. Like it just yeah. it really doesn't. You don't have to live your life in pain or working around an injury. There are ways to treat that. So
1: There are, and that's one of the one one things we love. We love talking to you. I mean, that's one of the things that a lot of us, you know, especially as I've gotten older and bigger, um, (laughs) I've realized over time how much not taking care of previous injuries has affected me. You know, I mean, most people, you know, know from my past. I've blown both knees at different points in my life. They're both trash. Um, I was supposed to have orthoscopic surgery on my left knee when I was in my twenties, and I never did it. Um don't ask questions. I don't want to explain it. No. <laughs> but but I never did. But I mean, it's I one of those as I've gotten.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know.
1: I know you have. But you know, it's one of those. I, I've strengthened my legs and I, and I do better. Um, but I know from previous experience as I get bigger, of course, my knees are going to be worse. So I need to drop that weight. So, yeah. and that's been one thing is I mean, I weigh in tomorrow because my weigh in, I only weigh in once a week. It doesn't mean I don't step on the scale like all the, during the week, but I only do an official weigh in for me at once a week. And too, at this on Sundays. At yep, Sunday mornings when I get yep. up. It's I'm as of last week, I'm down twenty-five pounds. Hey. So well
0: done. That's awesome.
1: And that's come from a lot of not just working out, but a lot of diet too. Yeah. I've completely you know, me and Amber have completely gone through and we've, rechanged we changed our diet. We did. It's amazing. And I always thought it was a, a kind of hokey plan or whatever, but I've been doing Weight watchers, yeah. but as long as you adhere to it, it kind of changes the way you look at things. When you go to yeah. the store, it, it gives you a better them. way. They're yeah.
0: educating you.
1: Yes. They're educating me on what to buy. I mean, there's a lot of things I really like to eat that I figured out through weight watchers that I can buy and eat yeah I just have to look at different versions, mm-hmm. you know, don't go for the fatty, easiest thing to get. sometimes you have to work a little bit harder to get the better fruits, yeah. so yeah, so I've been working on that and diet, like I said, as of last Sunday, I was down twenty five pounds, so I've been doing diet bet too, which I don't know if you've ever done those. those are kind of cool you you bet on yourself
0: I mean. I haven't been in a place where I have been trying to specifically have weight loss as a goals for about five years. I actually last year spent the entire year trying to gain weight back that I lost after I got sick. So I've heard of it. I've never personally participated in a diet bet, but I had all kinds of stuff like accountability and incentives and things that my friend and I would do back in 2014, 2015 when I first started losing weight. And I mean, like, like we would challenge each other on all sorts of things all the time. She actually ended up introducing me to the diet bet thing. I just, it wasn't something that I needed at that point. Um, and she's done it a few times too.
1: Yeah. And that was kind of one of those things. Once I found it, a friend of mine, my, my old boss, Mandy Kime um, from AGC, she's the one who, who introduces me to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but she was, she told me about it and I tried it. And I mean, it's actually pretty cool. Cause it's one of those things for me, I'm one of those, if I'm being held accountable to something, I'm going to work a little harder at it. Yeah, and it's sometimes harder. I mean, especially like right now when you can't see people to have people hold you accountable. I yeah. mean, right now I've got I've got Dawn who for the last year and a half has been trying to hold me accountable and has helped me quite a bit. But yeah. you know, I need to diet a little extra, and I think that diet, but you know, really helped me get that little bit of extra to to push me to to do it. So, and that's it. I think for me is you know, and for a lot of people is finding that little extra. Do you like the beast net? Do you want to keep hearing it? Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and more, at BeastNetPod.
0: Do you you feel like um, now that you have a better outlook on your nutrition, or at least you're starting to, that that saying, you can't outwork a bad diet, is starting to make a lot more sense?
1: It is. And that was one of the things I was going to actually ask you about, talk about, was (sighs) you've told me that for years, and I'm just going to say that right now, so... (laughs) No more. I told you so. So I, I'll, I'll be the one to start with. You told me that for years. And yes, I do completely agree. Um, it, it is a great exercise plan. Can't outdo a bad diet. I mean, it's what you, what you put into your body totally changes what can happen. I mean, it's the fuel that you need. It's you know, making sure you have the right amount of fuel, but not too much and the right types. So that's one thing I've learned. Sugars, not so great. And you even have to watch the fruits. I mean, some fruit, fruits have a lot of sugars in them, people don't realize but they're still that. good. They're, yeah. They're, they're natural sugars. And they're
0: full of antioxidants and they all have great benefits, but people think but. that fruit is like a main staple in their diet. And if people were to replace the amount of fruit they eat with vegetables and then eat the amount of like switch them instead, they would have insane results because people eat like copious yeah. amounts of fruits thinking like, Oh, this is so good for me. This is so good. Well, your, your body's turning it right into glucose and then your insulin's going crazy. And you're, you're putting yourself in this high blood sugar state for a prolonged period of time, but not realizing it. Cause you think you're being healthy. It's tough.
1: <laughs> it is. It is. Cause for like me, the one thing I found for me, honestly, is to to try and quell my, my sweet tooth is pineapple. Yeah. I oh, love pineapple. So 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 if I have, if I have a craving for something sugary where before I would go grab, you know, a Reese's peanut butter cup or something like that. And usually if I grab one Reese's peanut butter cup, it's like 15, but (laughs) not of the big ones, the little ones, the little ones, but still, (laughs) um, now it's like, okay, I, I have a craving for sugar. I'll go grab some, you know, pineapple, but it's one of those things like you were saying, it's still an idea of amount. It's, you know, it's good for you in the right amounts. I mean, but if you go and eat, you know, an entire pineapple, yeah, that's probably not good.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly.
1: Yeah.
0: So did you have any but, specific like nutrition questions? Cause I've actually d- like dove didn't? What's the word? I've dived. <laughs> I've <I'm>
1: been
0: getting <laughs> into nutrition a lot more in my coaching career lately because yes. I've realized that um as much as I love movement and program design and I am just really loving creating exercise programs for people. The mm-hmm. big block that most of my clients have been running into prior to me working with them was their diet. And I didn't feel like I was giving the best one-on-one coaching that I possibly could if I didn't have an extensive knowledge of nutrition. So my, one of my goals this year is actually to get certified by precision nutrition with my uh, PN level one certificate. So I can be a diet coach um, nice. and because it's, it's one of those things like I could give you, A freaking banging exercise program, and you could adhere to it 100%, and you might have some results. Yes, like your body's going to be stronger and more stable, but you're not going to hit any weight loss goals necessarily. You're not necessarily going to hit any like body mass goals, get leaner, build. You might, you'll definitely build muscle, but if we're not fueling the body correctly or enough, even that's actually the biggest problem is just having people fuel enough, then you're not going to get anywhere. And so, I've made it a really big goal of mine, not to switch gears, but to add on and become even better about that because I'm, I'm so passionate about it already as a patient, you know, myself with diet issues and then who I've worked with so far. I think it's really important that, um, that I am able to continue to expand my knowledge and be a sounding board for people when they're like, ah, what do I do?
1: (laughs) No. And I, and I completely agree with that. That's been, it's been one of the things I was, I did want to talk more about that. And so it's good that you you brought it up, is diet. I mean, it's one of those things you brought it up a minute ago when you said that, you know, a great workout plan can't beat a diet. And that's been one of my problems for the past two or three years. You've been telling me that, and I've had other people tell me that. And I'm just like, yeah, okay, cool. Let me go eat my Nutty Buddy bar and shut up. Um, (laughs) You know, I just ran two miles. I can eat a Nutty Buddy bar now. No, no, you can't. Um, And that was my... my That was the way my brain worked is that the more I worked out, the more crap I could eat. It's like, no, it's garbage in garbage out. Right, um, right. And, and that was it. And that was my biggest problem is I just kept working out and devising new workout plans. And I'm like, these don't work. They suck. Mm-hmm. What the hell is wrong? Why can't I lose weight? And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, you know, Amber's like, hey, I'm going to do weight watchers again. You want to do it with me? I'm like, sure. Why not? Yeah. And then all of a sudden I dropped Like in the first week, you know, the first week I dropped almost 10 pounds.
0: Yeah. Your body's just detoxing.
1: And and then I'm like, oh, maybe there's something to this. And of course that first week was a a fluke week. It's always that first when your body detoxes, you do drop a lot real quick, Mm -hmm. but you know, and then it's leveled out since then. So over three months, almost three months, my goal is to be at 30 pounds by the end of this month, but, and that'll be February. That'll be almost 10 pounds a month.
0: Wow. I've been dropping. So
1: that's great. So. And that's well, just so been, you know,
0: something that you just said really resonated with me. And it's something that I work on with my clients a lot too, is their relationship with food is really important. So a lot of the time, a bad diet stems from a really poor relationship with food. Um, mm-hmm. That being that food is either a reward or it is a guilty pleasure or it's, it's somehow there's a negative connotation around it. And so I have one specific client who she always beats herself up because she's got a sweet tooth or because, you know, her kids make something fun and they want to share it with her. And then she feels guilty about having literally any of it. Now that's, that's on the borderline of like eating disorder issues. And so you definitely need to have like professional help for that, but there's stuff that we can do on the back end too. And it's, it's one of those moments where you say, okay, outline exactly what you need in your diet in one single day to hit your nutritional values. So you're hitting your protein, you're having adequate amounts of carbohydrates, adequate amounts of clean fats. And within those three selections, you're getting lean protein, you're getting plenty of vegetables, and you're hydrating well. So it's like, it's, it's one little, this is your bucket of need to do, because this is what your body needs to function well and function at its best capacity. And then once you have met those needs and you have fulfilled those requirements, there is absolutely no reason why you can't enjoy a slice of cake or have a brownie with your kids. Or go have a scoop Mm -hmm. of ice cream or have that nut or butter bar or whatever it was you said, I'm not sure, but you know, post run, because you're not doing one or the other. There is no reason why you can't do both. In fact, you kind of need to do both. You need to do the things that are good for you and you need to do the things that are going to make it easier for you mentally. Um, And I call it with my clients living in the gray area. We practice getting away from the all or nothing mentality because that is what. Causes so many people to fail when it comes to their diet. It's I'm either one hundred percent in this or I'm one hundred percent out, and there is no in between. That's just not right, and it doesn't work. It's not sustainable, and this is not something that you do for three months, six months, nine months. This is something that you do for your whole life. It's learning and then practicing that balance. So that's something that's really helped is just changing that relationship.
1: And I agree. I mean, it's one of those things. For me, growing up, I was. I was a kid in high school who literally would go get like, you know, you could buy those big jugs of like weight gain yeah. and I was doing double what it said it was because I couldn't gain weight. I was 140 pounds when I graduated from high school. My my nickname was stick boy, Um, (laughs) but I was athletic. I mountain biked. I played tennis. I did all this stuff, but my parents were always dieting. So for me, any sweets were a treat because they were never in the house. Um, so that's kind of me now is I've tried to get rid of that idea of anytime I do something, my treat is food, Yeah, you know, and it's bad food. It's, it's never, you know, a good thing, but it's, and I've been trying to break that. And partly too, the one thing that really resonated, what you said too, was the idea of not missing out on things. And it sounds really bad. I mean, to compare this to, to diet, to smoking, but kind of is when I quit smoking, I read a book called what was it? The Easy Way to Quit Smoking or something like that. It was, it was something that when I first went to read it, I'm like, this is stupid. And then I read it. I read it and it made so much sense in a lot of ways because it made comments about how when you go to quit smoking, a lot of people, they quit going to bars. They quit going out with friends. They quit doing all this stuff. So now they feel like they're being punished because they quit smoking. And that's kind of the same thing with food. It's it's mm-hmm. like, don't punish yourself. You know, the, the way he said it, keep going to the bars, keep hanging out with friends, mm-hmm. just don't have a cigarette. Yeah. So, and that was kind of
0: nothing.
1: <laughs> it doesn't. And that was it. And that was kind of the all or nothing thought. And that was one of the things that just resonated. I'm like, that is so true. Every time I went to quit smoking, I'm like, well, I can't go drinking because anytime I have a drink, I'm going uh, go to want a cigarette. I can't go do this because then I'm going to want a cigarette. I can't go do this because I'm going to want a cigarette. And then after a while, it's like, no, I can still do all of that. I just don't want to have driving. I
0: would have been like, well, I can't ever drive again because I always smoke when I drive. So I guess that's out the window.
1: (laughs) And that was me. (laughs) And then it was one of those, all of a sudden, it was like, it it all, everything came together for me on July 29th, what, 2016 now? 17? I don't remember what year, but I quit. And it's been, so what, 17, because it'll be three years in July. Yeah. So since I quit.
0: Smoking when we were in Hawaii in 16, huh?
1: Yes. Yeah. Okay. It was the weekend before Hawaii in 17. Gotcha. I literally quit that Friday. We flew to Hawaii and the whole time I was in Hawaii I was in withdrawals because I hadn't, you know, I had just quit smoking. Yeah. But that was also a huge help to me because I was still doing something I wanted to do, but also the group I was with it was not all non-smokers. Yeah. So I had already made it past the withdrawals by the time we got back from Hawaii and then it was all a willpower gang of game of just just don't smoke.
0: Yeah. Get out of your normal routine. So yeah
1: and that's the same with food. You just have to look at it a different way, like you said don't don't punish yourself yeah. just you know
0: there's a girl um, that I follow actually on Instagram. Her name is Aubrey. It's funny she's actually from our area. she used to coach CrossFit up in Kirkland, but anyways, uh that's random <laughs> uh, she runs a group that she calls we'll cut that part out, I guess. I don't know. Uh, (laughs) She has a group. It's, she calls it memories over macros. And what she does is she coaches people on diet and nutrition so that they can gain lean muscle mass and lose fat mass. But it's practicing the art of being in the middle there and not, not like starving yourself first off, not, uh, missing out on family functions or social gatherings or things like that, just because you have this worry that it's going to throw you off track and it's not going to be your macros. And Oh my God, I can't have this piece of cake. And for those of you yeah. who don't know macros, it's, it's just a way of counting the specific macronutrients in your diet. So a lot of people, especially like in the CrossFit realm where I'm at mostly now will do that because it's helpful for performance, but it can also be one of those things that teaches people that they're not eating enough and it, it yes. helps you realize this is what I need. Like I said earlier for my basic nutritional value. And then this is the extra stuff. As long as I have fulfilled my requirement to feed my body what it needs and being good to myself, this is not a bad thing for me to do. I just can't yeah. only do the high sugar processed foods and not the healthy stuff. Cause then I'm screwing myself over. <laughs>
1: Yeah. And that's just it. And I mean, that's, that's one of the things I really liked about like the Weight Watchers plan is the way they do it. They pretty much, they do it. So you don't starve yourself. Plus you don't overdo it is they say, okay, you have this many points and just, you have to be within 10 points Yeah. at the end of the day. So you still have to eat up to that, but then, but then you have to look at it and then you make choices of, okay, I want a hamburger. If I go to McDonald's and get a Big Mac, that's almost 20 points of my Mm -hmm. 50 for the day.
0: Yeah.
1: Is it worth it? You know, exactly. an entire, That's like entire meal at McDonald's is almost my entire points for the day.
0: Yeah. It puts you so, in perspective. That's for darn sure.
1: It does. Or can I go home and I can make myself a burger and put some healthy stuff on it and maybe not have the bun or do whatever and, or get a healthier bun than what, you know, they have. And then it's only, you know, I'm using 10 points. So yeah. it's just, you kind of, you look at things and figure out just better ways of doing it.
0: Yeah. Nutrition. I just love it. I really, really love yeah. it. And it also is so fun for me when I have a client or a friend who finally like it's like they they see the light, you know, like they yeah. they see and finally understand that food is not just fuel because you need to move your body. It also can feel good. And like making yes. those decisions for yourself and knowing that it's something that's good for you in the long run and taking that little bit of effort to give yourself something better it just like, it feels good. So it's always makes me really happy when someone like comes over to that side and it's like, they're like, Oh my God, I can't believe I didn't know this the whole time.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's one of those things too, is it's like also figuring out, you know, like I said, what's good for you. A lot of the foods I really like to eat are good for me. I just need to stop buying the crap versions of it. You know, it's like I say all the time, chili. I love chili, but now like chili, you go buy it out of the can. Oh. That's horrible. Yeah. So much sodium, <laughs> oh, so much sodium, so much, so much
0: thinking about
1: it. Yeah. But if I go and, you know, if I go buy the beans, you know, instead of using a, a you know, whatever meat, just use a lighter meat. That's, you know, good, you know, less fat on it. Um, yeah. You know, exactly. a lot of times I'll use like, yeah, lean ground turkey is one of my favorites. And people like turkey, really? It tastes the same when it's in chili because you put spices in it, people. Exactly. And then, you know, make all that. All of a sudden, that's really healthy for me. Mm-hmm you know, and I've talked to dietitians in the past and they're like, most of the things you like to eat, make it at home. It's healthy for you. Just stop exactly. eating the crap versions. Yeah. And that's, we're so used to the the instant gratification of, oh, I just have to open a can, pour this in a bowl and stick it in the microwave. And it's like, no, that's that's one of the reasons why we're we've all gotten fat.
0: Yes. And like, also you can still do that. You just have to make the chili ahead of time and then put it in the fridge. <laughs> and then you can still do that where you take a scoop and you scoop it into a bowl, and you put it in the freaking microwave. Like yeah. people think of meal prepping as like this big freaking thing, and it's like, dude, no. just take a little bit of effort once or twice a week, and you're going to be so exactly. much better off. You don't have to make these extravagant freaking meals, and certainly don't put it all together and then just stick it in a Tupperware and expect it to be good. Separate all your dishes, and then you can put it together however you want for whatever you're feeling like and whatever fits well in your diet for that day. You don't have to like yes. be committed like to one thing all the time.
1: No, and that's exactly true. Cause a lot of times what I'll do is like on a Saturday or Sunday now, um, like last week, I made chili on Sunday. Yeah. And I made a huge pot of it. Yeah. And then I put it in, you know, once I was done, I put whatever was left over in a Tupperware container and stuck it in the fridge. Mm-hmm. And then throughout the week, I mean, for honestly, it was my breakfast and sometimes my lunch.
0: Yeah, there you go.
1: And that's the other thing I found too with diet. No more one meal a day. Yes. I am horrible about that. Thank where I would get, get up in the morning. And have a cup of coffee, which I will tell you, my coffee schedule has changed. I'll, I'll explain that in a minute, but <laughs> no more Starbucks, no more Starbucks. Oh but uh, yes, um, but yeah, I would, and then I would just go throughout the day with just basically living off coffee, and then I would come home and have a huge meal for dinner, and that's horrible for you because your body goes into starvation mode because it doesn't know when it's going to eat eat again, and it starts storing the fat. Which, if you eat well, correctly, you can probably eat more. Then you can when you do that.
0: So exactly. So you you hit on two really important points there that I'm very, very frustrated about as far as like the fitness and diet community goes. So people are like super into intermittent fasting right now. But what they're not yes. understanding is that if you are going to intermittent fast and you're going to break your fast into whatever period you want, four, six, eight, twelve 12 hours, I don't care what you do, but you have to still eat the caloric requirements for your body within that window. So it does not mean, like you said, drinking coffee all day, not eating and then eating just one big meal at dinner, because not only are you not eating sufficient calories and definitely not sufficient nutrients, but like you said, your body's in starvation mode because you're only feeding it one slightly high calorie meal a day. I'm sorry, but I do not know that many people who are doing intermittent fasting and then sitting down for one meal and hitting, like for a guy your size, hitting at least 1,800 to 2,000 calories in that one meal. Like, do you want to, do you think you're doing that when you would do that? No, no,
1: because I, I would get full before that.
0: Exactly. Your body can't handle that. So not only are you kind of screwing yourself over as far as any kind of weight loss progress and you don't even realize it because you're thinking, well, I'm eating less, so I should be losing weight. Right? No, I'm sorry. You just wrecked your metabolism. Yeah. Like you said, it's in starvation mode. But the other yep. thing too is, well, no, I think I hit both of them actually intermittent fasting and then one meal. You're not hitting what you need. Yeah. So I it's been exactly. a mind screw. It's screwed with my mind a lot. Uh, as far as like trying to become a better performance athlete, I have to eat more, not just for the working out, but I lost weight doing that. I didn't mean yeah. to, but I was eating 2200 calories a day going from eating like 1300 calories a day. And I'm, I mean, I'm eating a thousand more calories a day and I'm, I lost 10 pounds and people are like, you suck. Why is that happening? And I'm like, cause I'm actually giving my body what it needs. That's what happens.
1: Yeah. And that is, and that's one of the things that I've really changed because I was one of those people. I would get up in the morning, I would have my, my big ass mocha, Mm -hmm. which by the way, is like 20 points. Um, and then I would, you know, go through the rest of the day and then come home and just have like, you know, a big meal. And that was it. And now all of a sudden I'm eating probably more now than I was then, but I'm eating, I make sure I have something for breakfast, Mm -hmm. you know? And then I have, you know, something for lunch, like this morning, I got up and I I made an omelet. Um, And then I've, you know, had a sandwich for lunch. And then I'll have dinner. And now all of a sudden, I feel and I feel more energies, more energized, because I gave myself my body that fuel to move, you know, and that was one of the big things that's helped is that giving myself fuel, you know, and the coffee, I I will tell you my, my new method for coffee. It? I have a curry at home. Uh-huh. What I, what I do now is actually before I, if I'm going to work, I have a huge thermos. I will fill, cause I love my coffee. Yes. Just, I, I love coffee. I oh, will I fill my thermos, which <laughs> is a, a 12, 12, cup thermos with coffee. And then actually what's left, actually, I think it's a 10 cup. And then I'll use what's left into my coffee cup. And then I get a, the premier protein right. from Costco. And yep. I'll pour one of those into the thermos with it. And that's yep. my sweetener. And that's all I use for sweetener. And even Premier Protein on Weight Watchers is only two points. So,
0: because it's you know, high it gives... protein, Mike, that's the thing. Yeah. It tastes great, it. but it's high protein, low fat, low carb. So you're giving yeah. your body, you're front loading with a nutrient that your body really needs. That's what I do every morning, yeah. too.
1: Yeah. So I put that in my coffee. And then, and I've had a lot of people be like, well, how is that, you know, is that as good as a mocha? I'm like, yeah, actually I prefer I've gotten now the last time I got a mocha cause I like the white chocolate peppermint mochas because well, you know, whatever I, I, I like, I like that stuff. Right. And, uh, it's, they're too sweet. Yeah. Okay. Now that I've cut way back on that, they're too sweet.
0: So I want to send you, I'm going to send you a couple of like, a, it's not a like professional sample. I'm just going to take it out of my Protein bottle, but I'm gonna send you a little packet of the mint ice cream sandwich protein powder that I've been using, um so that you can try it because it legit, like it kicks like a mm. peppermint mocha. I mean, it's good. So I'm
1: gonna have to try that one. Yeah, because yeah. the other, other thing I use milk too milk is uh <laughs> yeah, I have a, a vanilla flavored protein powder that I also use. So yeah, so I'll, you I'll do actually that use and then
0: put a couple drops of peppermint. I'm sure you'd get the same the same effect, but it's
1: not a bad idea. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I'll do that. I use the, one of the, cause actually my, my first cup of coffee will be the, the powder protein. And then everything that's in the thermos is the, the premier protein. So yeah. that I'm front loading and that's it. Just like you said, I'm trying to front load my day with protein to give myself that energy and really get going. So. Well,
0: I mean, protein is a conversation that I have all the time. People are constantly asking me, why is this so important? And it's interesting to me that people don't realize it, obviously, especially when you're trying to lose weight or gain muscle, uh, you need protein, but it's not something that's been talked about, I think enough in our society. So like not the general public doesn't really realize the importance of protein. It's seen more as like a bro protein, like in the gym type thing. And so I don't think that a lot of people realize that it's like one of the most necessary things for your body just in general. Um, and a lot of people, especially women, under-eat on protein. Um, a, a lot of people are so focused on eating low-fat, low-carb, that they're also accidentally eating low-protein because they're just naturally eating less food. And so, like, I find, as an, as an athlete, it's really hard still for me to eat protein adequately. And that's, as someone who, like, pays attention to everything they put in their body, amounts, daily basis, has for years... So I can't, I can only, I mean, before I started doing that, I know I wasn't eating enough protein at all. I was eating maybe like 50, 70 grams of protein if I was lucky. And now I have to eat 140 grams per day. It's freaking hard to do, but once you yeah, start, it eating it, you feel so much better.
1: <laughs> you do. And that's what I found. I mean, for me, I can't, for me, it's, I can't remember how many, I got to eat a lot though. It's yeah you for my size, like,
0: like 175, 185.
1: Yeah. I would bet and-
0: if I was to do your macros, I bet that's where you'd be.
1: Yeah. So I start every morning with the, the, the protein powder and the protein drink, which gets me up to maybe 50. Yeah. So, and that's, you know, so I'm still, and that's what you got to think about. You know, a lot of people don't think about it. That's up to, that's what adding into my diet, protein powder and protein drink. And yeah. I'm still over a hundred off.
0: Yeah. Well, so, so if you think about it, you need to eat, if you needed to eat, uh, 200 grams of protein per day, right? You, Mm -hmm. if you only eat three meals per day, you have to eat between 50 and 70 grams of protein in your food for each of those meals and then supplement with protein as well. Yeah. And that's what people don't realize. You need to have a full serving, at least 30 to 40 grams of protein per meal. And then it's probably likely that you'll need a protein supplement on top of that, unless you're eating five meals a day like me.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And that's me. I've gotten to a point I eat, you know. I don't know if it's full five meals, but I have at least five times a day. Yeah. So I have my 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 breakfast, and then you know, which is usually something a little bit bigger to kind of get me fueled for the day. Right. And then I'll have something in between. I have stuff in the car. A lot of like, a lot of fruit stuff in the car, like apple sauces. The little packets that are quick and easy to eat, That's just to I give myself to. a little bit of fuel. <laughs> I love those. I love those apple packets. I got it, with Brandon.
0: Brandon yes, had him like on the thing that I've wanted you do for so long.
1: <laughs> Brandon had him on the the what was it, the Los Olivos uh, run. Yeah. That we did the the Spartan. Yeah. And I loved them so I ended up at, when I went to Costco I bought an entire case of them and I just keep them yeah. in the the floorboard of the car. So
0: <laughs> I love it. I get the little fruit pouches from Trader Joe's when I go. They're like yeah. they're like the little baby food you just suck them down.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's what these are. You just yeah, uh, yeah. Awesome. you just pop off the top and suck them down. So yeah, that's yeah. why I have them in the car too because it's quick and easy. I don't have to have a spoon, you yeah, know. Exactly. Uh the other I really like is uh cheese. I love cheese. I've always oh, loved cheese. I so I can't do this much. Yeah. Mozzarella sticks. I I have those a lot. So I try and keep stuff so that throughout the day when I get hungry, because my problem is I travel a lot for work. So I drive, I do a lot of stuff. So it's one of those that I don't want to, I don't want to get hungry and you get that. Oh, I'm hungry. I haven't eaten. I should have had something with me. Oh, I'll just stop at McDonald's and get something really quick.
0: Exactly.
1: And that's what I've been trying to keep myself from doing is having that excuse to stop. Yeah. Yeah. And get yeah. something.
0: Well, and you are a prime example. Like you are the type of person it I feel I'm gonna put this burden on you. It's your responsibility mm-hmm. now. <laughs> yep. To share this information with people because I, you know as well as I do because you've used this as an excuse. Oh, I travel too much, I'm too busy, I don't have time. Bull is yes. you don't have time. You have as much exactly. time for yourself as you make. And so if you want your nutrition to be a priority and you want to lose weight and you want to be healthy, you are going to make that decision. And once you get past the fear of just jumping in and making it happen, it's a lot easier than you think it is. It's just pushing past that initial like freak out of, ah, I'm changing my routine.
1: Yeah, it is. And once you change it, it, it makes so much sense
0: mm-hmm.
1: and it makes you feel so much better. And that's that's it for me. I mean, I feel better right now than I have in forever I'm because so I've, I've changed my, you know, I've changed my eating habits. I've changed my, you know, my workout habits. You know, I try, like I was telling you earlier, I try and hit the treadmill for at least, you know, 45 minutes a day and then find something else to do along with it. Tomorrow I'm going to do a 5k cause I need to do a virtual 5k this month. So I'm going to go do one of those probably in the park next door,
0: but you're going to take it easy. Cause your knees still bugging you. Right.
1: Yes. Yes. Your knee's
0: probably going to hurt after that. Just so you know,
1: I know Uh, I'm going to take it easy though.
0: I don't want to, that's a lot of people are like, well, you know, don't discourage me from doing what's good for me. And I don't ever want it to come off that way. But I also like to be that voice of perspective and reason and like, Hey, just know this and expect it and be ready to work around that. And then maybe make some decisions for the next few months that don't put you in a place where you feel like you have to do that. And then you are able to utilize your resources and I'm pointing at me and I know you can see me <laughs> But <laughs> utilize your resources that can help you with rehab of that so that it doesn't continue to be an issue. So,
1: yeah. And that's just it. I mean, it's one of those things, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm taking it easy on it. Like I said, but I'm also still trying to, you know, I don't want to do, I always feel like, and I use this as an example all the time is when I blew my, or had my foot shattered. Yeah. I use that as an excuse to go from, Working out, trying to get back into good shape because I was down under probably two thirty at that point, down close to you know almost two hundred again. Yeah. When I hurt my foot, and then I used it as an excuse to just stop, mm-hmm. like oh my foot's broken, I can't do anything. Well, no, I could still do. I mean, you know, the as they call them the the knee. Uh, I was going to say girly pushups, but that that they're knee pushups. Thank you.
0: Modified you know, pushups is what they're called.
1: Modified pushups. That's <laughs> the word I was looking for. I yeah. couldn't think of the right word. I <laughs> was thinking I know.
0: I got your back. Girly (laughs) pushups is
1: wrong. I just couldn't think of the right way because that's, I mean, that's, I grew up and that's what they were, but yes, modified pushups, I could have done modified pushups that didn't put pressure on my my foot. I could have done, you know, crunches. I could have done all sorts of stuff. Yeah.
0: Single leg from a bench, from a mat, tons of stuff.
1: There's so many things that I could have just said, okay, cool. My foot's broke, so I can't work that foot, but I can work every other part of my body. And it also doesn't mean that I need to throw my diet out the window. Nope. That's because not sure how, yeah, not sure how a broken foot makes it so you can't eat healthy, but apparently yeah. in my brain, I thought it did. So a
0: lot of feelings, that's how that works. Like I said, yeah. it's that all or nothing you need to practice. And I'm not just yelling at you, obviously, but oh, you I know. being the general public needs to practice living in the gray area and getting out of that all or nothing mindset because it's not serving you and it's not no, serving it's not. your life. You know, you deserve to live a long, healthy life feeling good in your body that doesn't mean you need to look like a flapping supermodel it just means that your body needs to function well and it, you need to feel good while you're moving it that's, yeah. that's all i want for you
1: <laughs> oh yeah no that's what i want for myself so yeah. i mean it's one of those things that i keep telling myself i mean everyone's like what are you what is your goal and I, my goal is to be healthy yeah i mean you know i do do i want to be under 200 pounds yeah but anything more than that i'm not sure because at that point when i hit 200 before it started getting too skinny if you know what I mean? So I mean, healthy. my.
0: that is a really good point. And so what I would like for you to do real quick, please, is can you, when you say my goal is to be healthy, define that, what does that mean to you? And what would being healthy look like?
1: Being healthy really for me, what that would look like is being able to, I mean, it, and for my measurement now, it'd basically be able to do a Spartan without help would be one thing. That would be one measurement that I could do a Spartan without every obstacle without assistance. Right. That would be one one thing. And for me, it's just to feel healthy, to feel good about myself again. Um, like I said, for the most of my life it's always been about weight. And like I was just saying, when I hit two hundred pounds before, I felt healthy, but I didn't I felt like I was almost like if you looked in the mirror, I looked like I was getting too skinny. You know, and I keep thinking back, I've told people, you know, I was hundred and forty pounds when I graduated from high school. Mm -hmm. My shoulders were also six inches smaller. I mean
0: Mike, I'm not even (laughs) 140 pounds. You were smaller than I was, than I am right now. Yeah.
1: (laughs) So, I mean, I I was a skinny little guy. So, and it's just kind of one of those, it's like, I'm never to get back there. I would look like I just walked out of a crack addict. I mean, I mean, it would be, that's how I feel. That would be too much. So for me, it's more just, I want, I want to be healthy. I want to be able to go out and do active things and not be completely winded, not, you know, feel like I'm dying while trying to do them, you know, to go do a workout with you and West Coast obstacles and not feel like, you know, I'm the guy, you know, that's slowing everybody else down.
0: Right. So do you feel like um, more recently in your journey, you've kind of had that, that changeover moment where you've realized that the number on the scale doesn't actually define how well you're doing in your life. And it's more about the way your body feels.
1: Yes. Okay. Yeah. And, and that's kind of it. And part of, I think too, for me has been one of those that, you know, for me, the scale is just kind of, it's helps me give a, a goal to myself. It gives right. me a tangible goal, but for really, for real, it's just kind of be healthy. I mean, it's one of those, mm-hmm. I think it was honestly, not this last Spartan I did in Los Livos with Jody, um, cause I didn't feel too bad on that one, but the Seattle race where I've always been a little bit slower and I've always helped everybody else. Mm-hmm. But this was the first race where I really felt like I was the one slowing everybody down.
0: Gotcha.
1: And that that honestly hit home to me. That was honestly, after that race, I almost quit. Yeah. I a was almost like, this, this is it. Yeah, I was almost like, this is it. I'm done. I'm finally at that point because I've always prided myself. I've always told people, I don't want to be first in a race. I want. I would rather help one other person finish this race than be the first pla- first place racer. Mm-hmm. But... I've never wanted to be the one that needed the needed help on everything and mm-hmm. just felt like I was dragging everyone back. Mm-hmm. So that was, that was this race, this last Spartan from Seattle Spartan for me. I did not feel a little bit in Los Olivos, but part of that was cause I dislocated my shoulder. Yeah. Maybe, th- maybe, th- maybe three times during the race, but we'll, we won't talk about that. Um, <laughs>
0: That's a
1: whole nother episode, huh? <laughs> that is a whole nother episode. That's and, and basically what that comes down to is that, you know, I've really, I really thought hard and long about why that's happening again. And it's one of those that I hit – well, a lot of people don't know. I was over 285, so 285 pounds. Yeah. And I have issues with my shoulders before, but I've always been able to strengthen my shoulders and my arms enough that I don't have much of a problem. Mm-hmm. But when you put a full 285 pounds on one joint – yeah, that's already compromised. You know, it, it's pretty obvious why my shoulder dislocated.
0: You went past the capacity of your shoulder. Yes, that's as simple as it gets. It's just physics, unfortunately. Yeah.
1: yeah, You know, and that's it. And that and that's that was a huge eye opener for me as well. That all of a sudden it's like, okay, I've literally gotten big enough that I am beyond the capacity of my joint.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, you you you've gotten big enough, and the flip side of that too is that there's not been any structure for making sure that your shoulders are uh, capable of handling that. Yeah. Yeah. They go hand in hand.
1: They do. But it's one of those, that was the eye opener for me that, okay, it's, it's time to change something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that changes, you know, diet and exercise, trying to get back down to a weight where, I mean, even at, you know, when I was 275, I could still do the monkey bars. Yeah. But you know it was basically about 280 285 is where it hit the point where when i put all my weight on that shoulder it just uh, out it went yeah so and it's you know it's an eye opener and that was one of the things where it was a defining point for me that of okay are you done or is it time you know i was, like i said i was almost done after Seattle and then los Olivos didn't really help me a whole lot on that thought thought process so right. it took a lot of thinking through January and December and January, I need to really decide Am I done doing this or is it time to actually do what I've been saying I was going to do for two or three years now after mm-hmm. my foot injury? Of that, I'm going to get healthy again and I'm going to work my way back and I'm going to do what I need to do to do that, not just work out. I need to do the diet. I need to do everything that I know I need to do. Yeah. So
0: you got to execute on the plan.
1: And that's what I'm doing now. I'm executing on the plan okay. and I'm making sure I'm, you know, don't stop. I, I don't plan on it. So there you go. I mean, I'm hoping to be healthy where I want to be by my birthday. So
0: and then my... you get to your birthday and you continue with the yes. healthy habits that you have created and you maintain that and you create sustainable habits for your whole life. It's not a done yes. by a, and you know this, but it's not done by a specific date and then it's never happening again because that's how you backslide to where you were and then you are looking at yourself going how did i get here again it's because yeah. there's that mentality of like i'm going to finish this program this the program's your freaking life dude you know yes, this now like this is your life this is not a an 8 week you know transformation challenge where you just drop as much weight as you can and try to look jacked like this is you making healthy decisions every single day because it's what you need to do for yourself
1: It is. And that's, that's what I need to do is I need to make sure that this is, you know, like I said, I, my goal, I like to put goals in place in front of me to keep me moving. But then you have to get to a point where it's like, okay, now I'm at where I need to be. And now I just need to make sure I keep at this spot, Yeah, you know, making sure I'm strong. You know, do I, at that point, once I get down to healthy, do I decide I start going strong and start getting more, you know, stronger or which way do I want to go from there but I want to at this point I want to get healthy and then it's a matter of figuring everything out from there so
0: I think you're gonna want to I'm gonna get a barbell in your hands and see how you do (laughs) (laughs) I have ulterior motives so
1: (laughs) I know I can yeah
0: Jeff's over there waving like yes yes
1: (laughs) (laughs) we'll have to get there I mean soon I I mean I, I want to get to the healthy point first and then you know then I think after that I might start going for the the the, the lifting and all that fun stuff. So
0: coming over to my house once and we're just getting
1: our lift on. Yeah, get big. I like it. So, <laughs> oh yeah, and I, and I, that's it. It's just a matter of getting healthy and then you know being able to do stuff with family. So, I mean, it's that's the thing, honestly, with this whole virus. it's drove me nuts. Is not being able to do anything with family. So that is hard.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's the hard. The
1: last part. time. The last time I got to do it was when we went to your house for, what was it, Brandon's birthday in January? Yeah.
0: Brandon and, and that Jody was and Jeff, All three of yeah, them. All of those
1: birthdays. Yeah. yeah Brandon, Jody, and, and Jefe's, So so Jefe. Jefe. Yeah, that
0: and was then, the last and, time we really did anything,
1: huh? Uh, that was the last time. And I mean, that, that was the last time really we did, I did anything at all with a big group like that. So, yeah. you know, it was really that. And then all of a sudden it's like, you know, everything shut down and it's like, oh, wow. Mm-hmm. So... Mm-hmm. it's been, it's been crazy. I, I mean, I definitely miss my family. I miss everything else. I was talking to, to Lisa, uh, Lisa Ann the other day, and I told yeah. her that after this is all over, we're going to have, we're going to have to have a big workout and party at my house. So For
0: sure. For workout, sure.
1: barbecue, 100% agree. get everyone over here and, you know, play with all the toys I have in the yard and all that yeah. stuff. So, cause I think what we need to do is I want to do a, uh, um, an Easter egg hunt again, but mm-hmm. I wasn't able to because, well, it was closed. But yeah. with the Easter egg hunt with the Atlas balls. Oh. Yeah. Oh. You use the Atlas balls. <laughs> See, for that though, I need to get some more Atlas balls. I want to basically, I want to try making a bunch more sizes so that we can have like 10 or 15 Atlas balls. I think I have four right now. And then that's just cool. go hide them. Go hide them all over the yard and then have everyone go search them and bring them back. You can be in- a...
0: E balls too. We have the the rubber ball that you sand, you fill with sand. Yeah. We use those at the gym all the time too.
1: So that was one of the ideas I wanted to do for a workout. I thought it would just be fun to have, you know, all sorts of different atlas balls and go hide them and make everyone go find them.
0: Yeah, that sounds like a blast. So many fun so. things that we're gonna get to do after this that oh, I mean, yeah. I we always had the idea for. We just never really executed on because it was like, oh, we'll get around to it. And it really yep. puts into perspective like your life is happening now. You should probably enjoy it now.
1: It does. And that's the one thing for me, like really, you know, February when I started really starting to get into trying to get healthy again. And then all of a sudden this happened. And it's like, this really does put into perspective of, you know, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll start that diet tomorrow. I'll start that workout plan tomorrow. I'll start that next week is we only have so many tomorrows and next week's left. Yeah. So, you know, get out there and do it now. Get out there when you can and get it, get it done.
0: Stop waiting. I tell people that all yep. the time, stop waiting. Why are you waiting for your life to happen to you? Why are you waiting for something to finally click so that you take control over what you can control and like actually do something good for yourself?
1: Exactly. Don't wait for it. Don't wait. So what would be, what would be your suggestion? Really? I asked this for a, uh, uh, out of kind of, you know, selfish reasons for someone to say, get ready to, to run a full marathon in say, November.
0: If you wanted to run a full marathon by November, you'd have to continue what you're doing definitely with your nutrition, but you would have to actually start like a structured running program. You'd have to rehab your knee first. If I was speaking specifically just to you, I would yeah. rehab your knee um, first and foremost before we are even start putting any miles on that on that leg at all and then start a running program that's therapy-based. So you're trialing specific miles at specific times and intervals and you stick to that program. And then once you've done that, then you can go into more of a performance-based program that's, that's pacing towards being able to do a marathon. Um, granted it's a lot of mileage. And if you were to do it proper, I mean, I'm pretty sure that people who are training for marathons are starting like now, uh, the the guy that I like to talk to about run coaching is Patrick, uh, Patrick Olson, because he's always run. I'm not really a runner (laughs) as you know, but I mean, as far as like structuring a program goes, I got, I got that, but he's really good at like tapering and figuring out peaks and valleys as far as like a running program goes. Um, so that's what I would do. I would rehab the knee first and then do a PT structured running program and then go into a performance-based program with the hopes of being ready by November. Um, and just listen to your body. I mean, the same thing can go for anybody is, is rehab any of your lower body injuries, uh, and then continue with your nutrition because every pound of weight that you have. Uh, on your body's four pounds of pressure on your weight bearing joints. So your knees and your hips. And that's why it can degenerate so fast and be so hard when you're, when you're getting h- higher in weight to be able yeah. to run and keep endurance. Um, so that's what I would do.
1: Yeah. 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 Cause I, I, I still want to, I was supposed to do one in June, but that one's been canceled, which is probably good for me. But, um, yeah. <laughs> so November, I still want to do the Seattle marathon and I want to, at this point, I want to better my time, which shouldn't be too hard, because mm-hmm. my last marathon time was eight hours. So, yeah. so it should well, be too hard the, to beat the, that.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you have the mental tenacity. We already know that to complete a marathon, like that's not the problem. Yeah. You already know no. what the experience is like, and you know what that experience is like when you're not in tip-top shape for it. And so, yeah. I think that it would be really beneficial. Uh, first off, like I, I remember when. Jeff will tell this story too. He's like, I think I'm going to do an ultra. And it was like six weeks until then. And he hadn't been training and I freaked out and I was like, Oh my God, like you're going to get an injury, blah, blah. And he was like, well, you still going to do it. Like,
1: <laughs> Yeah.
0: And I, was, I was like, I can tell you, no, know all you want. And he ended up going and doing it. Not that one, but he ended up doing an ultra and he trained for it specifically. And so that was really good. But the, the, the whole point of it is like, you don't do too much too fast so that you screw yourself over. Like, give yourself yeah. a solid time frame. And so if you were like, if you were to tell me right now that you were planning on doing a marathon in June, I would have to be that jerk that was like, that's probably not the best idea because you haven't even rehabbed your knee. Like, let's go one thing at a time. The marathons will still be there. Your knee may blow out indefinitely. So you probably yeah. want to fix that.
1: <laughs> you know? Probably. And, that, and that's it. I mean, it's like you said, I mean, we we know I have tenacity just to keep going. I've done it twice yeah. that I've yeah. done marathons. One is, My first one, nine and a yeah. half hours, and then I just did the the next one at uh, eight. Yeah. So I'd like to, to better that. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. But, and you can, you just have to keep doing what you're doing. Like right now with your nutrition, you have to make the decision to fix your structure. So that's something that I teach all my clients. We start with a, there's a hierarchy of needs for every, every athlete, you are an athlete. Like, even if you are not practicing a specific sport all the time, you're still an athlete. And the bottom of that base is stability. And it's, If you try to go too far up the pyramid before building that base out, you're going to, it's going to collapse. So your ability to peak and be in the top of your pyramid up into the endurance and power and speed, like the things that make you an athlete and make you able to handle doing a marathon, those aren't going to adapt well, and they're not going to last if you don't build that base. And so part of the rehabbing the knee is building that stability base, and then you go up from there in a specific structure to make sure that it's not only safe for your body, but it's going to feel good. And you can actually sustain that performance, um, with the goal then of peaking whenever your event is. So say your marathon, you would train up to that point, And then afterwards you would do like what's called a deload where you would, you know, like go back to the basics for a little while and keep your movement up, but let your body recover after that big event. So that's what I would do as yeah. a coach.
1: All right. Yeah. So I'm definitely going to talk to you more after this, but <laughs> Cause been, I, I do want to. I've been
0: I, trying to get you. God. I know. So long.
1: <laughs> I know. But yeah. So.
0: you, I'm like, hey, hey, you ready? You ready? You ready? And then Corona yeah. happened. This last time, I thought I had you. I had you in my grasp. I was like, it's so close. He He's did. about to do it. And then it was like Corona. It's like, dang it.
1: <laughs> yeah. But I'm still. I'm getting the base started. You know. So once we do, you know. But. The so no, yeah, really I, I am.
0: To do for everybody out there, yeah. like. I mean, I love training athletes. Don't get me wrong, but I freaking specialize in the base, the basics of the pyramid, the stability of the pyramid. That's my deal. Sp- st- uh, sorry. I can't talk stability and balance. So yeah. like if you if your shit's jacked up, you should come and see me and, and I will help you fix it.
1: <laughs> and that's exactly it. I mean, I know, I mean, I need to get some stuff fixed because I do want to, I want to do the Seattle marathon again in November. Um, I did the half marathon last year. We talked about doing the full marathon and right beforehand, we had not trained like we should have. We've not done what we should have done. And it's like, yeah, this is stupid. Let's just do the half.
0: <laughs> just the half. Let's just, just do 13.1 miles. No big deal. Yeah,
1: whatever. I wanted the 50 the fifty medal, the medal, big <laughs> medal that said 50 on it. Um, <laughs> I <laughs> am a total medal whore. I'm, so.
0: I'm not even judging <laughs>
1: <laughs> but uh yeah so i, I want to do it again this year but it's like i said more, my goal because that's actually for those that don't know the seattle marathon is literally like a week before my birthday yeah it's, so it's and that really was what milestone. And, and you know what i said was is i want to get healthy by then so that'll be my that'll be my measurement if i can beat my eight hours which i i really hope i can then that's going to show me that i have done i have improved you know, yeah. all my health. So, and no, I, I definitely want to do that.
0: I have a client who has similar goals, not necessarily a marathon, but she specifically wants to be able to like comfortably not place and like on the podium or anything, but comfortably do one of the Spartan trail races or mm-hmm. a trail half. Like those are her goals within the next six months. And she has a history of a knee injury, low back injury, and she also has a plate in her chest. And, um, so she has a really hard, like, her body hurts if she doesn't do movement and she didn't realize that for the longest time. She just thought she was going to be in pain forever. And it turned out that just like with me and my body, if you don't maintain a specific level of movement, then yeah, you're going to have all these aches and your joints aren't going to work right. And yada, yada. So we built her base and now she's back to running consistently. And she finally just hit like a three mile split the other day in under 30 minutes. And it was like this huge life changing moment for her because she didn't honestly believe that she would ever be able to do something like that again. And now she's confident that she can work a base up towards a half marathon distance and not have it wreck her. And yeah. that's, that's what having a coach and having structure and having a pathway does for people is it creates that balance and that certainty and that confidence that this is actually attainable.
1: And, and that's it. I mean, I, the one thing when I was running full time and everything else, and lost all the weight 10 years ago. I guess mm-hmm. it was almost 12 years ago now. Um my best half or best uh 5k was just under 28 minutes.
0: Yeah.
1: So and I would like to get back to at least that. Um I know my best half marathon I think was 3.
0: Yeah.
1: 3 hours. So Yeah. And that was what's funny is <laughs> the 3 hour one was the one where I blew my knee. So yeah. I was still able to finish in three hours with a blown knee, but I couldn't run for almost a year afterwards, yeah, but
0: exactly. That's the, yeah, the, the sacrifice for the reward there was yeah. not, and really it, was, cool, no, <laughs> it
1: wasn't No. Yeah. Cause I can remember when I finished, I mean, Amber saw me coming up to the finish line and she knew like, by the way that I was running, that something was seriously br- wrong. Yeah. And then when I got to her, I'm like, cause by that point, when it first happened, I felt like my knee was going to give out about every 20 steps or so. By the time we finished, it was about every other step. I felt like like the structure in my knee just wasn't holding. Yeah. So it was that yeah. bad. And we, we. I finished, I looked at her, I said, Let, I, I need grab my medal and let's go to the car. Because the second I sit down, my, I'm not going to be able to stand back up. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. Know. I need and to commit all, to
0: wherever I'm putting my butt.
1: What's <laughs> it, it, it funny is literally that was a medal whore. Because what it was, is it was the rock and roll mar- half marathon. The first year that they did Portland... And I think yeah. they still do it where they did Portland and Seattle. They were only two weeks apart, but if you did them both, you got a special Pacific peaks medal. Good
0: Lord. Good. And
1: that was the thing. So I did this Portland first and that's where my knee popped. Wow. And then Seattle was two weeks later and I did Seattle and that's when my knee like completely gave out. Yeah. It was and like, I, so okay, I got, well done. My, yeah, I got my Pacific peaks medal because I was stupid and finished the race even after my knee blew, but you know. <laughs>
0: tenacity you can do it it's just a matter of yeah. getting you to a place where you do it and it's healthy for you
1: exactly and, and that's, that's the thing is willpower can be bad at
0: home.
1: <laughs> yeah yeah willpower can be bad that tenacity everyone's like oh that's great that tenacity is such a good thing if it's done right yeah. where i've shown multiple times that i'm not always the one to do it right you know i blew my knee there there was montana what like three years ago where i tore a muscle in my bike and my pec yeah and I finished the race, and then the next morning, I'm like, I think I'm going to go do the sprint. And like, my right pec was like twice the size of my left. And I'm like, okay, maybe not.
0: I think wasn't that the year that I went but didn't race because I was post surgery. Yeah. Yeah, if that's right.
1: Yeah, and when I got up in the morning, like, yeah, literally, I went to go race, and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do the sprint, and then like, literally, my right pec was like twice the size of my left, and I'm like, that's
0: <laughs> awful, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. Everyone's like, and- yeah, no, no, you're not. <laughs> no, you're not.
0: And I, I just want to put a disclaimer out there too, from me personally, I like to be the voice of reason and perspective, but I will be the first to admit that I've also not been perfect at that. And we all know that. So it's really a hard line to tread and it's just, you got to kind of rely on yourself, but also you, the influence of the people around you to help you judge when it's a good idea versus a bad idea. So,
1: uh, and and that's it. Yeah. It's, Definitely a big part of it is really learning to judge. Cause there's been quite a few times where I've gone to do a race and everyone's like, Yeah, you probably shouldn't do this. Yeah. And I'm like, whatever, I'll be fine. Yeah. And now that That's I've gotten older, I'm like
0: that are like that too. Where I'm like, you know, oh, I probably <laughs>
1: it's like I probably should listen. I probably shouldn't do this. You know, it's one of those things a lot of people really point to Hawaii when I did the tried doing the beats in the full boot. And it's like technically on that one, I had my doctor's permission.
0: Yeah. You did. <laughs> so you did.
1: I did i had my doctor said go for it as long as you don't land on that foot you'll be fine was it the best decision no because it hurt like hell but <laughs> but i went you for finished
0: it one of the races
1: i did because i finished with oh. you well actually i didn't finish with you guys i made you guys go ahead i had yeah. to fight with you and brandon you i'm like go didn't, like
0: tell us to fuck off and go
1: <laughs> yeah you're both like no we're staying with you i'm like no because if I you don't go so fast you...
0: in my life <laughs>
1: yeah like, you guys can't do the sprint i just heard them say you have 20 minutes and there's like three miles you better go yeah, yeah. Was R- 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 it was but you made it we did so and Congrats, i finished which was good start. i was kind of glad none of you were with me because i fell flat on my ass <laughs> oh, at one no. spot and nobody got to see it so i was like thankfully Thank so God. <laughs> Like I said, and probably one of my favorite memories from a Spartan race is on that race is after you guys left me, I got to the, and it wasn't really the Atlas balls. They they were more of a weird shape, but the ones they had in Hawaii. And I remember picking it up and doing it. And I asked the guy, I'm like, can I skip the burpees on the other side? Because, well, my foot and the boot, it's really hard to do the burpees. So I was like, yeah, you're fine. And I walk around and I'm coming back with it. And some dude comes running around and he looks at me and this guy looks like he'd been hit by a truck. Yeah. <laughs> and he was like... Well, I guess I have no fucking excuse. And yeah. we just had of picks up the Atlas ball. It's just like, sorry, dude. No, <laughs>
0: never <ever> shut up.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, that sure. was fun.
0: We've both <laughs> come so far since then. I can't believe that that was, I mean, it feels like just yesterday, but it feels so, so long ago, too. It's crazy to me. Yeah.
1: It was a great trip and I had so much fun. And I mean, that was really, I think, I think that was the first time I really got to interact with you. Yeah, and really got to know you, and I mean, it was you know, it made me really realize what a great person you are. So, I love you. And then now you're now you're just family, so you're stuck with me forever. Ah. Yeah,
0: you're stuck with me. You're stuck with me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's it's been amazing to grow those relationships over the last. I can't believe uh, that I started this in 2015. That's insane to me. And I mean, just the people that I've met. And I was talking to Jeff about it last night. We were sitting at the dinner table doing a puzzle because you know we're like, yeah. on the puzzles lately. And, uh, and I looked at him and I was like, you know, I'm just so grateful for like the pathway that led me to him, but also like all of the different pathways that have sprouted outside of just my relationship with him in general. Um, mm-hmm. And, and my relationship with people in the Spartan community and in the CrossFit community, because I went from being so incredibly and completely lost in 2015 to now, like, working in a position that is fulfilling and owning my own business and actually coaching and having the confidence that I know now why I'm supposed to help people. And and I'm learning finally the most effective ways and how much I'm passionate about that. And, um, just being able to bring that kind of service to people to change their lives. And and it's just, it's amazing how far I've come. And so many of the people that I care about have come and like just how much has changed. It's astounding to me.
1: Oh, it is. And I completely agree. I mean, it's one of those things. I was probably the same way when I, you know, first started doing Spartan in 15 was just kind of lost and wasn't sure what I was going to do. You know, I mean, some people know this, some don't mean, you know, my marriage was on the rocks mm-hmm. when all this started. And now, I mean, I, I finally, I, I found the career that I want and that I love. I love being a safety professional. I love doing that kind of work. I love being, you know, teaching people and making people better. Mm -hmm. Um, it's awesome. And I mean, Spartans, what kind of, you know, not just Spartan, but you know, OCR and my family and OCR is what kind of taught me that was, I started realizing that helping people during races made me feel better about my, you know, better about me It made me feel like I had purpose. Yeah. And then turn that into my career of safety and Teaching people and helping people and gave me a career with purpose and and I love it. I mean, it's changed everything about who and what I am, and yeah. I love it.
0: I I had a discussion with Jesse, um, you know, of course from Je- from West Coast Obstacles where
1: oh, yeah, I, said,
0: I said I said what he's so insightful some and just like he gets so deep sometimes and that I I'm the same way where like I accidentally will be like here's this like really random existential crisis type topic let's talk about it but. <laughs> I told him, I was like, man, I'm just so grateful for everything that Spartan has brought me. And he was like, what are you talking about? And I was like, I Spartan Race changed my life. And he said, no, Elise, you changed your life. You participated in something that was bigger than you, but you used that experience to change your life. And other people have used that experience to change their lives. But Spartan Race didn't do it themselves. You did it. And it's the same thing that I'll tell anybody who's gone through a life-changing experience with this is that, it's merely been a catalyst to learn about yourself and to be able to apply tools that you learned by being in an uncomfortable place to get to a better place because you realize that you wanted more. And it's, it's just, it's beautiful. It's a very beautiful thing.
1: It is. I I mean, but it's it's like you said, it's like we chose and it's one of those things like with changing my career, I don't know if I ever would have taken the gamble that I did. I mean, you know, when I changed careers, I took huge pay cut. Mm -hmm. Um, I took a lot of changes, you know, when I did it and it was a huge gamble on whether or not I was going to be able to go from being in management to being a, a, a safety professional that people would actually hire. And now all, I, I mean, the gamble paid off, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. luckily, but it's, you know, it, it's one of those things. I mean, it's, it's tough. And, but I'll, uh, I think doing the obstacle course races, it does give you a chance to change your life because it makes you look at things differently, Yep. you know? We all look at obstacles like, oh, there's an obstacle. I guess I should give up. And now mm-hmm. it's like, okay, there's an obstacle. Do I go up, over, under, through? How am I gonna get by this obstacle to continue on my journey?
0: Exactly.
1: And that's the the change, you know, in all of us, I think. We all kind of see that a little differently. It 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 opens our eyes to a different way of looking. Yeah. yeah. Which is awesome. Changes
0: your frame so. of reference as Joe DeSena would
1: say. It does. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So we're we're definitely over the hour mark at <laughs> So is there anything you would want to say to our listeners in closing? And I, I do want to say, I would like to make this a more regular chat that we have just to get people, you know, let people know what's out there and what they should be doing. So
0: yeah, I'm all anytime you want to come on
1: here, you're, you're welcome. And also let the listeners know how they can find you. So if they okay. want help, if they need to, you know, if they need a coach to talk to you know, to help them fix their yeah. base and move forward, you know, how do they find you?
0: Um, so I am my business. I don't have a big fancy website. I don't have all the bells and whistles cause I don't need that. It's very, very simple. You can find me on Instagram at beast Elise fit. You can find me on Facebook either by my name, Elise Howlett, or you can search for beast Elise fitness. Uh, my email is beast at gmail.com. So you can reach me pretty much on any platform. I'm very active on all of that and I am open and ready for whatever you have. Uh, any questions you might have, if you just want to chat, anything like that. Um, and if I could just let people know one thing, it's it's stop waiting to take care of yourself and stop thinking that it's all or nothing. Um, so, I mean, you are the person who makes the decisions about how your circumstances affect you. You're not a victim of your circumstances. You are what you do with your life. So uh, if you feel like you've just been waiting for that kick in the ass, there you go. Stop waiting. It's it's time to stop wait- waiting because you're going to feel so much better once you start something good for yourself. So yeah. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Exactly. (laughs) And if you want to know more, just
0: ask me because I I love to talk and I'll talk a dang ear off. So
1: (laughs) oh we know. So like I said, we'd love love to do this. (laughs) (laughs) I love love. Um I would like like I said I would like to do this more often have you on and just talk, you know, health stuff and all that kind of stuff and everything else. So and if anybody has any trouble finding Elise on any of that stuff, message me or message beastnet and we will, we will get you hooked up with Elise. So, yes. All right. Well, (laughs) thank you, Elise, as always. And I hope to talk to you soon.
0: Yes, we will absolutely talk soon. Thank you so much for having me on again. I really appreciate it.
1: Thanks for listening to the beastnet podcast. If you haven't done it yet, find us on Facebook, like, and share the podcast.